On this episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, we have some wacky news, we talk Trump speech, and we have two guests on the show, George, the owner of the Biscuit and Gravy Instagram account, and Sketch the J on his recent trip to Haiti. All that and more on this episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the one and only Bustin' Knuckles studio right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. I'll be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always, but before we begin, let me introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit, that's right, I am talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, but most of you probably know him best as the Silver Tongue one, 2016's honorable mention WCW champion of the world, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old mic number one. It's Mojo! Sound like you're losing your voice there. You know, it's the sinuses, you know, it's the stuff, the day, drainage. It is day 1165 in the government shutdown. <laughs> But we're still bringing you this podcast for free. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for uh, tuning in, as always. Uh, you can find us out on the Facebooks at Southern Fry Philosophy, our website at southernfryphilosophy.com. You can also find us at the Instagram and Twitters at SFP Radio, youtube.com forward slash SFP Radio. And our favorite way to connect is through iTunes, Google Play, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify. How about you? And tune in. Anyway, please go on there. You can check us out there. Uh, download our favorite, your favorite episodes. Uh, subscribe. That way you can have those episodes fresh every Monday when we uh, upload them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you can share those episodes. Give, give us a review, a rating. That's awesome, as always. Yeah. Anyway, that's how we check you out. Uh, go to your Facebook right now, um, you know, th- where you're listening to it, and say, yay, that was great. You can do the little share button and share that to your Facebook friends. And then also, um, you know, you can tweet, hey, I'm listening to this episode from Southern Fried. You guys should check it out. And so, all our episodes are suitable for work, mm-hmm. thankfully to uh, Biggin's editing skills. So. <laughs> <laughs> and our lack of cussing. Um, yeah, so we, we would appreciate that. Also want to give a shout out to our new listeners in Miami. Welcome to Miami. Uh, that would have to be a favorite of yours with mm-hmm. Will, your Will Smith crush. And Knoxville. Oh, okay. Knoxville. Okay, town. We lived there for a minute. Knoxville, 93.5. So whoever's listening know. from uh, Knoxville, I, I used to work at several restaurants up there. So uh, anyway, go Vols. No. Even though they... No. I'm still a volunteer fan, even Straight though they're, they're horrible. They've got a... What? They've got an amazing basketball team this year. Well, that, but they also just hired a new coach today. I mm. don't know if you saw that. Oh, no. So, yeah. Um, I can't remember who it was now. No, basketball <laughs> coach. No, no, football. Football, yeah. No. Football's on a little bit of an upswing, but basketball, hey, buddy, they're owning it. Well, hey, you know, I, I, they, they've never, you know, SEC has never been that great at basketball, with the exception of Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, no, no, well, Louisville's ACC now, sorry. Don't but, scare me there. But you got Kentucky, yeah. you know, a few other teams. You know, Florida's Al- been pretty good. Florida, Alabama will have a fluke, you know, they run. Beat us. Yeah, Alabama fluke run. Mm-hmm. You'll have a few other. But Tennessee's never, I mean, they've had a couple. Yeah. In South Carolina, let me, don't let me forget about South Carolina. They yeah. need something to brag about. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you can't be a South Carolina football fan right now. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, but. Volunteers, they gonna have. A, I think they gonna have a solid year this I year. Think so too. Yeah, I think they'll probably have a decent, you know, decent uh, rating in the uh, in the bracket. You know. Yeah. So we'll have to see though. There's many more games to come before that. Yeah, they're they're definitely a contender. We'll see how it all breaks Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Uh, 
I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week. Mojo, I be darn. I'm doing awesome. I got to Ooh. take my two young ladies, my girls, up to Winston-Salem yesterday, last okay. night, and took them to a Duke game. Got to see mm. uh, Duke play uh, Duke play the Demon Deacons, and uh, of course, it was a blowout. Sure. And, uh, Duke looked like uh, professional players to these skinny college kids that look straight out of high school. And, right. Uh, yeah, I, Duke is – they're pretty rowdy this year. That one loss, I'm glad we got that one loss over with, but, man, these – the size of these kids is uh, insane. Have you have you seen Zion Williamson? He's a grown A man, grown He's A man. He's the size of Gronkowski, who plays for New England Patriots, <laughs> tight end. I mean, he is he's two eighty five, six seven, I think. I mean, he is just a monster kid. He's like eighteen years old. Uh, they needed somebody to just to dust the top of the backboard, right? And they just asked him to jump up and you know clear that off. Oh man, then good gravy. Our, we we got so many good players this year. It's like the NBA draft will be yeah. a lot of blue and white going in the first top five. I bet yeah. you, I have it's no crazy, doubt about that. crazy. So, how does it feel to get those one and dones? Well, I hated them because <laughs> you're constantly recruiting. But you know, it's it's that I, I love legacy players, the guys mm-hmm. that stay there for four years. They get yeah. their degree, they graduate, they go to college or go to NBA play it one season in and around <laughs> but you know I, I miss those teams selfishly yeah. as a fan because sure. you get you get to really uh, focus on those players you get yeah. to learn their stats you get you buy the jersey you're not constantly buying new numbers yeah. i mean even though i'm I'm frugal i'll still wear my latener jersey shut up just to say it but mm-hmm. um yeah but the one and done's i guess that's how it's going to go for these big programs now these you know they're always going to have the number one through yeah. top 10 top 25 players yeah. in the whole country and they're in and out yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the name of the game. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this G League and all that pans out. Yeah. It's, no, it's absolutely. Gonna be, it's going to, and I think that that's got potential. If the NBA really proceeds with that D League, that it's it's going to bring back those yeah. four year college players, but they're not going to be as good. We're not going to enjoy watching them. No, no. But also, with the temptation of international leagues now, mm-hmm. it's big. I mean, yeah. they can make some big money. I mean, two hundred fifty thousand plus. Yeah. You know, Turkey. Yeah. Who would ever thought the country of Turkey has a huge professional basketball league, and they pay they will pay their guys, their native born guys, a lot less, and then have mm. our guys just to have that star name recognition because yeah. you know people follow our our sports you know across the world. So, but yeah, I mean China, Iran, Iran has a booming professional league. Mm. Iraq even has one. I, I watched a documentary on couple of ex-college players going over there and playing ball in Iraq with hmm. bombs going off. I mean, <laughs> but you know, the, the people love sports. People love American yeah. basketball. Hmm. So it's probably one of our greatest exports. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, we'll see. Who'd ever thought, you know, I guess, uh, Naismith, whatever, <laughs> creating this, you know, with a, a, a basically a basket and a ball and yeah. you know, throwing it through this hoop, call it a hoop and it, that it'd be this big. But, yeah. You know, I, I guess sports is probably a great, you know, export to a lot of yeah. places. It'll be interesting. Duke, I think, one of the top programs for this mm-hmm. year. But time after time, it's not the number one team that wins it. No, so not at all. The I mean, best you, team you, at all. yeah, I wonder how what the odds on that. I'm sure there's something you know as far as a number one going through the whole the whole year in, yeah. in, in winning the championship. I mean, it's really rare. Besides the ladies' basketball, you have UConn, it's right? The constant right. perennial yeah. there, but yeah. But who That's watches good. ladies' basketball? <laughs> I mean, have you watched a ladies' game? Uh, WNBA is is like taking a nap. The the college basketball. the college I don't college is rowdy I don't mind college but I tell you what they are fast yeah like I didn't yeah. realize how fast they are yep 
W WNBA just I, I it I just I can't watch it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll I, I'll reserve my thoughts on that. But I'm, yeah, I'm not. It's just like the college basketball, like the the women's college right. basketball. It's really fun to watch. I I oh, yeah. didn't think it would be. But Those girls are very passionate, you know, about yeah. about their their craft. And I do, but if I had my ganders, I would. Being the sexist I am, I'd prefer men's basketball. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. But I mean, it's it's fun yeah, to watch. I yeah, absolutely. Better, like I yeah. said, than I thought. Especially the play, especially the fi- you know the finals. I mean the the big dance. I enjoy watching men or women's sport of that. Yeah. So how you be doing? I'm good, man. Um, I finally tuned in to the Netflix monster movie Bird Box. Oh, the whole hype, the Bird yeah. Box challenge. Have you done the Bird Box challenge yet? No, the, I wouldn't the either. deepest thing I do on the bird box challenge is try to get to the toilet in the middle of the night. I try driving I-77 because <laughs> <laughs> nobody looks where they're going anyway on the highway. So like bird box, it, y'all, I mean, y'all, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin on this movie. It, it was way overhyped. Like it yeah. had Sandra Bullock. Right. It had some explosions at the beginning. You'd see people panicking. You think zombie movie. Here we go. But it, spoilers alert, by the way, spoiler alert. Uh, there's no ending to it. It's, it leaves you hanging. You have no idea what the heck's going on. And it's basically people that are blind the whole time. It, well, it doesn't I, answer so many dang questions. It drives me nuts. But, the, you know, there's been several movies in this kind of the same genre vein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had A Quiet Place, which was you, you, you couldn't talk. Okay. Because yeah, the, yeah. these creatures would hear you. Uh, <clears throat> M, M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, had a, had a movie called The Happening, which was just what I mean by this genre, and I think this is probably one of the more creepier genres mm-hmm. than like a vampire, wolf, or even zombies. This is like, this is like a uh, something is attacking you or potentially could attack you that you cannot see, you mm-hmm. cannot hear, you cannot smell. It's, a, it's this un, unseen awareness on the screen that you're looking at. And I think that's probably one of the bigger fears. You know, everyone's had that that yeah. dream or that feeling of being watched or mm. being chased down but you can't see it that's, that's a creepy feeling man it's like the Blair Witch you know you like you uh, know yeah. something's out there but you can't find it and you don't know where it's coming from that crap freaks me out that movie still gives me the creeps mm-hmm. I watched it with my uh, oldest daughter a couple months ago and uh, still gives me the creeps yeah so it's creepy and it's just the ending that gives me the creeps yes but, yeah. yeah but I mean Bird Box it just so the the whole time Sandra, if you go outside of a house which I don't know why it can't come inside of the house that doesn't make any dang sense <laughs> but you have to wear a blindfold because if you see this whatever entity, it makes you like see the worst thing possible. It makes you kill yourself. But so it's just people walking around with a blindfold. Right. On. I don't. I don't get it. It makes no sense. Well, and, I, I guess it's that's left to the up. You know, the interpretation is left up to the interpreter. There. Right. You know. I mean. You kind of had this movie. Kind of, I mean, it wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. It's not the worst, but it wasn't the best either. Right? Um, it does not live up to the hype. I do fancy me some uh, Sandra Bullock do though. You? So yeah, I, I she he, she was petrified in that entire movie, and she had so much Botox on you couldn't tell a, a dang thing. That's yeah, fine. Like, I'm trying to figure out what emotion you yeah, got there, fine. Sandra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, but the ending though was pretty cool. Going to the, yeah. the school for the blind or yeah. whatever. So no, that makes sense. That 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 was pretty awesome. That yeah. you know. Something that was something in the previous world was a disability mm-hmm. and would probably be frowned upon by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they're 
but then why are the crazy people? Why do why do they see normal things and they they don't kill themselves? All too but many see, questions. Maybe, but see, in the movie though, you had certain people that were going around seeking other people mm-hmm. to to open their eyes. Maybe those yeah. were the people that maybe had a previous mental illness that like schizophrenia or something like that, where they do hallucinate. All right. this, you know, they became somewhat normal functioning. Mm you know, extension yeah. of this, of this entity. So I don't know. This well, is, it's an interesting, it's interesting, interesting concept, this genre of horror movies. Mm-hmm. So I just, the bird box challenge, people are putting on blindfolds and just doing silly stuff. I'm surprised there hasn't been any deaths from this. You show. are not joking. What if you did the bird box challenge slash Tide Pod challenge at the same time? <laughs> uh, anyway, I just thought that was a little bit insane. Uh, speaking of insane, here's some uh, wacky news. All right, Tori, sing along. All right, y'all. Uh, a prowler spends three hours licking a doorbell in California. <laughs> Have you seen this guy? I don't know. It's creepier that he has that much saliva. <laughs> Or he's just licking the doorbell. <laughs> in uh, Salinas, California, police are trying to track down a man who spent three hours licking a doorbell at a California home. Uh, the neighbor said, I thought I'd seen it all, but this takes the cake. A surveillance camera uh, caught Roberto Daniel Aroro in the act. You know his life is never going to be the same again, oh, no. by the way. Um, the homeowner said that they were not home at the time, but their children were inside mm. sleeping. Now, you talk about creepy on that one. Um, they said that the surveillance uh, camera caught him um, licking the uh, the video doorbell for three hours. It also gets him uh, moving an extension cord for we don't know what reason, and then also relieving himself. Uh, the homeowners kind of laugh about it and said, "Well, at least didn't didn't do anything, um, you know, theft or, right. or anything like that. The only thing that they had to do was clean the doorbell off <laughs> and the pee spot. Hopefully, it wasn't on the doorbell. Listen." I mean, for three hours, he's licking this doorbell. That's, com- that's commitment, man. <laughs> that is commitment. And he's not just like just like a lollipop, like right. one, two. Like, I mean, that tongue is just going at it. Maybe <laughs> maybe he has one of those, those uh, um, fetishes or whatever. Like, on, have you seen like on TLC or whatever? Like, oh, yeah. I'm, in, I'm in love with a... With a Whatever. Maybe maybe yeah. he's in love with an eye ring doorbell. Y'all, I mean, he's leaning into this thing, and we'll have it up on our show notes. But he is leaning into that thing, and he, he's acting like he's in this honeymoon. I mean, he could, just, yeah, maybe he's got a fascination with that. I mean, three hours. I give up after ten minutes on a lollipop. <laughs> I'm like, I'm out. I start crunching yeah, I, that thing. That's, that's it. some commitment. You gonna get get rid of that thing? <laughs> I think Ring needs to send him a new one because no I would burn that thing. No doubt. There's no doubt about it. Three hours, y'all, and you've got to see this video. I mean, he is just owning it like none other. Oh, that's so creepy. All right, so um, our next one is about chicken tenders. Mm, I love some chicken tenders. Do you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, happened in Alabama on a highway. A uh, chicken tenders, a truck carrying frozen chicken tenders uh, crashed on Alabama 35 Sunday, spilling boxes of chicken tenders all over uh, the Cherokee County near the Georgia line. Uh, the Cherokee County Emergency Management Agency had to post a notice. The notice says 
that uh, they're asking to no one to try to stop and get the chicken tenders that were spilled from the 18-wheeler accident. Uh, you're creating a traffic hazard, and it's a crime to impede the flow of traffic. Uh, as they uh, cleaned up the mess, people were going out and stealing these chicken tenders off the interstate. I mean, would you do that? Oh, no. I mean, foodborne <laughs> illness? I mean, come on. But if on. they're frozen, how long? I mean, they've got some time on them. Yeah, they, you know, I think the I think the article said that you know they post all their these these items have been on the road for twenty four hours. Mm. I think is what it said somewhere in there. But yeah, I, yeah, I don't think so. I, I don't even like eating deviled eggs or egg salad that's been sitting at Grandma's buffet that's been sitting out for more than five minutes. So I, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't care if the chicken tenders are frozen or not. There's going to be some of them in there. It's not going to be uh, something that's not going to be right. So obviously all you got to do is monitor the local CVS or Walgreens for Modi made D tablets. Oh, and then yeah. You'll catch your culprits. But people were out there with flashlights yeah. trying to get in these boxes and just running off with I them. I mean, I'm sure, you know, those boxes are, you got to think those boxes are probably 40 pound boxes. Mm-hmm. So you got a 40 pound box, um, Big you know, Mama what, what probably, trying to steal one? That's probably you know it's probably a couple hundred bucks worth of product there. Yeah, you know, that they could get and take home. So I understand the, the need to do that, but man, you got to think about your health on that one. I'll be straight up honest. If that thing just happened right in front of me, I'd put one in the back, take it home. If it just happened, yeah, there you go. Not twenty four hours later. But I'll be honest. The only thing I'm stopping and grabbing if something falls out is money. So it have to be a Brinks truck. Do you remember that? Yep. Like where they, it's yep. spilled out a hundred dollar bills. Oh, uh, that's everywhere. only. T- and then I'm fighting. So I don't yeah. know, man. I couldn't do the chicken tender, but now money, yeah, sure. Chicken tender, you can cook them up and then sell them on the side of the road. (laughs) What up? Yeah, then you get a lawsuit for giving someone the old salmonellas. But you're out of there. Nobody knows you anymore. You're sitting (laughs) up the alias. (laughs) The funniest thing that I've ever seen in my life is somebody set up a stand in South Georgia Walmart during Christmas, and they said. a food do- or a toy donation, and they wrote it on a hand wrote it on a piece of paper and stuck that at the front of a table. And they looked like you know they were going to take these these gift donations back to their house. I mean, it was just probably actually probably taking it into written. the Walmart and getting returns. Oh, that's probably a good call. But I mean, that's ingenious if you think <laughs> it about it. So like what manipulate manip, uh, manipulation of the of the fills, the holiday fills there, yeah. and your, for your personal gain. So. I was I was trying to get my wife to take a picture of that, and she said, "No, nah. it was it was uh, just too bad." I mean, I love hand drawn signs on businesses. So, <laughs> I what, right near my restaurant, they, they they had this little quick convenience store that sold hot dogs for ninety nine cent. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I would trust a ninety nine cent hot dog any any day now, but at the, on the sign it said homemade. Instead of homemade, <laughs> instead of homemade. And, and my Both re- could be true. And my restaurant, where the location was in that part of town, was starting to turn around. It hadn't fully turned around. So, mm. like, after hours, you had it, the lady, it lady, you had ladies of the night out there. So, it could have possibly been that <laughs> instead of homemade. Oh, man. But that was that was one of the funny yeah. things I saw. Just home. Just Toy donations. Yeah. Did they at least spell it right? I don't know. Okay. You don't have to spell donation. Well, part of it was because it was blowing around uh, in the wind, so you couldn't really see it, but you knew that it was toy donations. And they were, you know, st- I was focusing more on them and their yoga pants <laughs> that shouldn't have been yoga pants, right. if you know what I mean. Right. Um, boy, hey, buddy, that was something. Anyway, speaking of something, ever been in a handle before where you just cannot get out of it? Uh, Alaska Airline passengers endure a 30 hour ordeal to go from Boston to LA. Mm. 
More than 100 passengers were scheduled to fly from Boston to L.A. on an Alaskan Airlines flight, ending up in a 30-hour travel nightmare. By the way, why are you taking Alaskan Airlines to go from Boston to L.A.? You should only go to Alaska. Right. But anyway, that's my thing. The ordeal began um, they, when flight 1367 set for two hours before initially taking off. They were in the air for about 90 minutes into the scheduled six-hour flight. The plane was then diverted to Buffalo because they smelled smoke. Well, that's a good good reason to stop. After firefighters tracked down this, the source of the smell, passengers were forced to spend the night in the airport. They didn't give them any food or any water. Mm. Um, and then early the next day, they flew the passengers not to L.A., but back to Boston where they first started. They had to wait 90 minutes for a gate to open before they could get on. Then they were rebooked to a new flight to L.A. scheduled later that day. Now, here's this. Once they arrived in L.A., they were given more bad news. Their check bags didn't make it into the flight. Boy, I wonder that if Alaska... The they, this is a... You know, this is not as bad as what Delta or United beating the, beating the brakes off of people. In sure. There. No, <laughs> but, I understand. But this is, yeah, that's got to be horrible PR. I wonder if Alaska has done anything to, to help They out. said, we clearly failed them at several points. We deeply regret the experience that left them stranded for hours without support or communication. That experience is not uh, the Alaska way and does not reflect our values. They've uh, initiated a full review of what happened. They, they, but no they, refund. No, they didn't say anything about a refund, mm. no vouchers. I probably wouldn't take a voucher at that point. I'd just yeah. give me my money back. But they paid for this experience, and at some point, they just stopped all communication. They're just like, mm, mm. you know, we're just going to sit here for a minute. Well, you know, I know, I know Alaska oh. has pushed to, to enter more uh, airports, and they're trying to expand their business because I've actually seen some Alaska Airlines popping up in other um, uh, airports I've flown out of. As far as connector flight, so mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to grow this bad PR. I Mm-mm. mean, there's just no way. No, nope. I ain't going to be. I ain't going that way. Not no, at all. no. All right, so we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will talk about the Trump speech. And again, we have two guests uh, that we'll be getting on the show. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the Trump speech. And we have two guests with us on the show for this week. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. We'll be right back. Do you know it takes a customer three seconds to decide whether to stay or leave your website? That's why a crisp, clean, and user-friendly website is one of the best ways to market and help and grow your business. At Webmerized Web Design, we offer that and much more. They pride themselves in offering their clients professional websites at affordable prices. Are you a small business? No problem. We can cater to small businesses by working with their clients every step of the way to meet their needs and expectations. Their number one goal is to partner with their clients to help and grow their business with a successful website. They work for every client no matter the size. 
So if you'd like a great website, go to webmerize.com, W-E-B-M-E-R-I-Z-E-D.com, or you could check out their link on the sponsors link of our website. If you mention the word Biggin, you'll get 10% off your website design order. Again, webmerize.com. Check them out. We are back uh, with the Southern Pride Philosophy Podcast, and since we're going to go political, we got to um, got to do the disclaimer. The views and opinions of Southern Pride Philosophy are not necessarily those of our guests, sponsors, or friends of the show, but they should be. All right, so there we go. Uh, Mojo, tell us a little bit about this Trump speech. I, I listened to it. I saw Trump. I will tell you, the man has got a bazillion dollars or you know whatever mm-hmm. he's got money but for the love of god can we not get his deviated septum fixed for god's sake <laughs> he does have a breathing uh a breathing <laughs> and i noticed that during the debates yeah, yeah like hey buddy that has driven me nuts oh, yeah. there's got to be somebody out there with a sponsorship that could uh, <laughs> they give him something and fix his hair for crying out loud i mean it looked awful last night awful I wonder who his off topic, but I wonder who his stylist is. He don't. He don't I mean, is his stylist like anonymous? That way, he's like, I don't want to be associated with the haircut. I'm actually a good, <laughs> you know, good barber. But that uh, yeah, that thing. Let's yeah. just do that the entire I, episode. Smash it. Just imagine if it had a whistle in it too. <laughs> Nose whistle. Mm. Uh. So yeah, everybody. I'm, I I didn't tune in. I had to read the transcript transcript of it uh, before the show here. So. Um, but, you know, obviously Trump had a speech. The government's been shut down for a couple of weeks now, um, which is not a bad thing. In my personal humble opinion, I could mm. care less. Uh, Let me, can I pause you? Yeah. But what about the people that aren't getting a paycheck? Does that bother you? That part does? Well, number no? well, it, that does bother me, mm. but it doesn't bother me because they've chosen a job in the government sector. Sure. Okay. I'm, I'm sure they probably had no concern when private sector people were laid off mm. due to the economy. So. They still had a steady paycheck in coming yeah. in during 08 when people were, you know, you know, tune into TV. Oh, uh, United or IBM is laying off 16,000 people today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure the person that was sitting behind that there you go. government paycheck was yeah, like, yeah. ah, yeah. but um, no, that's just the job they've taken. That's just sure. a risk you okay. take. Just, right. uh, but yeah, uh, so. I guess the highlight of uh, the government shutdown is the TSA people aren't there gropey feeling everybody through a lot of those guys have laid out. So uh, congrats. And if you, and a lot of those guys complain, they're not returning to the job. So awesome. I don't (laughs) like being felt up and having a proctology exam every time I fly. So congratulations, TSA. But can we talk about the irony that this whole thing is we want to make people safe, but yet our TSA folks aren't there to keep us safe. Uh, You know, they don't keep us safe. I mean, I know you fly, you fly, Mm -hmm. I fly, right. They don't. I mean, they've, they, I've been behind a person that they, an elderly lady that they make her get out of the wheelchair. That's ridiculous. I've been there. Um, I've been there where, I mean, I have to get patted down Mm -hmm. because I can't get through a body scanner. So it personally, I I hate it. I mean, I, Mm -hmm. I, I I don't like, I hate to say don't mind it. I do mind it because it's an invasion of my privacy, um, but 
uh, it's, I mean, they get up all in your business mm-hmm. and I've seen them, how they treat women also, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've seen them treat elderly people, uh, yeah. kids. Yeah. I'm sorry. We, we, we're going to go around and around if you want to fill up my kids. So, right. um, but other countries do it so much better than we do, but obviously we have to ramp it up to where everybody's just, you know, wearing rubber gloves and, you know, we don't know where their hands have been last, but anyway, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I will say, uh, in India, they didn't quite care. Germany, they went nuts on my CPAP. They mm-hmm. went nuts. Yeah. You know, you, I mean, every, every, every country is different. I yeah. mean, Ireland, and they're like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they give you a bottle of whiskey when you get on They're the like, line. hey, uh, you didn't say good morning. I got to check it. As long as you said good morning, they're like, okay, yeah, go through. <laughs> I mean, I don't think, you know, obviously Ireland's not a, a heavy hit spot for ter- for our right. terrorists. But, yeah. I mean, so much, so much uh, better through their security protocol. Yeah. But, yeah, anyway, so uh, – so we've been, like I said, we've been shut down for two weeks, and uh, uh, President Trump has decided that he needed to give kind of an evening speech, mm-hmm. uh, I guess a quote-unquote fireside chat, minus the <laughs> fireside, and just laying out the re- the reason to the American public on reason why uh, the government is shut down. And mm-hmm. basically, it's to preface this, it's been done before. It's right. been done by other previous administrations. Sure. It's, a, it's a card, uh, no pun intended, Trump card that the president <laughs> has to get things pushed through mm-hmm. that he wants or to, to rework agenda. Now, with that being said, we could have done this, what he's asking for, while the Republicans were in Congress. Right. But being that the morons that most of them are, um, they couldn't do that. Just they're incompetent, but, you know, incompetent baboons or whatever you want to say. I mean, I mean, I, honestly, I think you could probably throw, uh, you know, 20 monkeys into a room with a typewriter and probably have a novel <laughs> produced before some of the Republicans would actually do the right thing. So anyway, so the, uh, Donald Trump has, uh, um, shut down 25% of the government. It's not mm-hmm. the whole government's not right. shut down. We got essential services. We have military, we have, you know, people that receive, uh, uh, EBT or snap food assistance. They get that at least through the end of February, which I'm sure that's going to continue. Mm-hmm. No, you, you can't cut food off from the people. Yeah. Um, even tax returns at first were people were scared they wouldn't get that. But, yeah, obviously we're getting that now. So, yeah. anyway, so he basically laid out, you know, the reason why he's doing this. And he, he threw out some interesting stats out there. <laughs> um, 400 million people are crossing the border a day. Well, I mean, yeah? you know, in the last two years, ICE, is, ICE, ha- <laughs> ICE which is, sorry, ICE uh, Patrol has actually arrested 266,000 people with criminal records. Hmm. Um, and that some of those, out of those being, uh, out of those that were arrested, uh, a hundred thousand of them have been convicted of assaults, 30,000 of them have been convicted with sex crimes hmm. and 4,000 were people that have committed homicides previously. So, you know, these, these aren't the, you know, the ASP, ASPCA, uh, pound puppy, Sarah McLaughlin, you know, pugging on the heartstrings commercials. Mm-hmm. A lot of these people are here for, you know, ill attentions. Now, that doesn't say that all of them are. Sure. And I don't think he's necessarily applied that, which a lot of people will try to spend a uh, conversation. And that's 267000 from when? Uh, for the last two years. For two years. Yeah. Got it. Um, also, Good gracious, that's yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot of people. But, you know, we I forgot what the latest stats are as far as actual people actually get across. But, mm-hmm. you know, 266000 is actually just a – it's like, you know, catching a drop out of a bucket that has a hole in it. So mm-hmm. – it's just not a whole lot. But. Because you hear from the media that it's really not the unsecured places. It's the ones where, like, people are going over in trucks where that's there's an actual stop. Mm-hmm. Like, the media is spinning, hey, it's not, you know, where the wall's not. It's, you know, going into Well, I mean, that's, that's true and not true. You yeah. know, I think um, I know people that live along border 
border states and you know ranchers are having to uh defend their 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 ranches defend their homes because people are just crossing the border yeah. walking through and you know yeah uh, now like i said my, my heart goes out to the kids because the kids have not yeah. these kids are being taken by their parents um across borders you know they don't have a choice in it and i understand the parent is searching for better stuff mm-hmm. I, I totally get all that okay um but uh, let me go back to the speech anyway so <laughs> that and i don't want to get too uh, deviated off of this but um he just he wanted to highlight the humanitarian crisis that mm-hmm. it's actually causing instead of actually um you know, people are trying to get here. They're getting backlogged at the wall or backlogged at the border with border patrol. It's actually creating a huge humanitarian crisis on the Mexico side of the border. You have, uh, these encampments of people just waiting. I mean, they have no food, no money, no water, and they're relying on the charity of the Mexican government to, to, um, help them out. So, you know, he also, you know, outlined, uh, about the uh, illegal weapons, drugs, contrabands, et cetera, et cetera, that's coming out of the war, which is all true. We, you know, we have a heroin crisis in this country. Mm-hmm. We also have this thing called fentanyl, which I'm sure you've heard yeah. um, from, from the news. So all that stuff is coming through the border. It's also coming through our ports. Um, it's also coming through airlines. There's many ways, but with that being said, so it, are the Democrats making the point that since it's, it's going to come on a cargo ship that we shouldn't secure our border? I mean, mm-hmm. most people, most people don't have the ability to, uh, to get a boat to come over, you know, right. or, you know, or to hide in a shipping container or whatever. I mean, most of these people are going to do this on foot because they're, you know, impoverished. So they don't have the necessary means to get on a carnival cruise line and, right. and set self America. So, um, but you know, the, I guess the more interesting was the democratic response, um, <laughs> which is all kinds of hilarity in itself. Just uh, sure. watching that out. So can, they, can we not afford two podiums? I'm just asking for well, a friend. Well, coincidentally, um, there has been now a GoFundMe that has been set up <laughs> um, to actually purchase a second podium for the Democrats. Because uh, uh, last night, um, well, when you're when we air this, will be a week ago. Um, Speaker Nancy Pelosi and also the minority uh, whip uh, Chuck Schumer uh, spoke in front of uh, American public. Also, as the Democratic response, which we always have. Was at, it really them, or was it their robots? Because well, uh, you know, it I looked. I, yeah, well, like I did. Robots. I did. Uh, I did tweet Disney this morning to see if they lost a couple of animatrons <laughs> in the old. Uh, was it the House of Presidents ride or Innovation Tomorrow, whatever it is? So, uh, they haven't responded yet. So I, I cannot confirm okay. that it was actually right. them, but I have a sneaky suspicion it might be. But you know, the Democrat response was um, presidents basically just playing on fear. Uh, there's these statistics are questionable. Um, you know, we should have, I guess the defining line was, you know, we should look more towards the, the Statue of Liberty where you bring your huddle masses mm-hmm. than to have a wall as our symbol for America. So that's just the, the speech and a wrap up. I mean, it's, it's longer, it's full of all kinds of right. you know, t- trendy words and, um, things that's pulled uh, on both sides meant to pull on the heartstrings regardless of what side politically you fall on. So, yeah. But it, it's just uh, the memes that have come out of this has been phenomenal. I think yeah. I, I think out of anything political now, I think the memes and the social mockery on tw- uh, Twitter, Instagram is just it gives you countless, endless fuel <laughs> for just laughing at at these at these morons. Yeah, and the, going back to the Democratic uh, speech, I thought what was funny was they were arguing of how are we going to spend. We don't have enough money to 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 spend here, sure. and then two, we're worried about the safety of people. Hmm. 
and and your fear mongering. Mm. That's pretty much like asking us or uh, us saying you should not go to an all you can eat buffet because the hypocrisy and the irony in that is yeah. ridiculous. Well, I think <laughs> what, first off, what what is your opinion on the wall? Um, I think that the wall would be helpful. We mm-hmm. need to secure our borders, mm-hmm. put the put the wall up. But and I've said this before, but we've got to set up ways where we can monitor and and get people into this country again faster, cheaper, easier. Privatize the immigration into it so that we can make it um, a, a process that's that's easy. So we're not having a backlog of people that we can make it a little bit easier and mm-hmm. faster. Um, because I do agree with immigration to coming into this country. Uh, I know that there's going to be some downstream impacts when you have uh, uh, work workers that are doing it for actual, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. minimum wage. So there will be some impact to that. But I do think we need to build a, a wall to, to protect America. Well, I mean, most – was of, like a Miss America answer. <laughs> there, I feel no, like. but like, like a lot of countries do. Right. A lot of European countries do. We've actually actually sent money over to, I think, Hungary to actually build them a wall, <laughs> which is irony. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I am for immigration, too. Mm-hmm. But securing our borders is not necessarily going to cure the immigration or cure the illegal, illegal immigration because people do come over. And, I mean, they're going to fi- always find a creative way right. to get through. But the 5.7 would, I mean, would not be a, a, a bad investment, I don't think, mm-hmm. because – I think it would stem a lot of people. Um, it would stem a lot of people that are potentially bringing drugs or tra- uh, sex trafficking or child trafficking. Mm. There's a lot of things that could stem. And yeah. um, just because we have a border doesn't mean we're immoral. That would right. be like using the same argument like, well, Disney World should not have gates. Yeah. Well, well I mean. Or why do you have gates around your house or yeah, lock your door? Absolutely. It, and it, as Trump said, it's not because you don't like the people outside. You just love the people inside. Right. Got it. Check. So, I mean, yeah. I, the, why can't I go to an NFL game? Why do I have to purchase a ticket? Right. You know what I'm saying? P- yeah. Places set up parameters, or, you know, mm-hmm. for what they consider their private property. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No, I'm I sure. I'm sure Nancy Pelosi and you know Chuck Schumer and their gilded tower, towers of ivory probably have some type of security system. Sure. Some type of security detail. We should go ask them. And probably some fences. Yeah. So I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's not that doesn't make us the villain in the horror movie, just because that we want to build some, you know, arbitrary wall mm-hmm. <clears throat> over landscape to to stem the tide. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. I, I mean, we spend forty billion dollars a year just on entitlements that we pay to illegal illegals. And what I mean by that is they get you know health, free health care basically because um, they get to a hospital system a lot of time I can't say every time mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm I would probably bet in the upper 90s upper high 90s that those bills aren't paid they use the ER for emergency room a lot of Americans do too mm-hmm. that's then foot, fitted uh, footed to the taxpayers. Send your emails uh, to. <laughs> absolutely. Um, they, you know, they do get some of food assistance, uh, housing assistance and things like that. So, um, in, 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 uh, it does also lower American wages too. I mean, if people honestly want to get, look mm-hmm. at the dollars to it, especially yeah. in the hospitality and also construction sectors. So, um, it, there's so many facets to it. So we just can't look at it through this, this black or white, uh, morally versus immoral answer. Right. I mean, and I think that's also where a lot of people get this mixed up. That you know, securing 
our border is not it doesn't make us the devil. It just makes one of we make sure we who we let through the door first. Right. Yeah. And we're no. not gonna it's not like we're not gonna let people through the door. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I think that um but again, this is something that the Democrats wanted and now because he is president, they're not getting well, it. I mean, it's exactly. They you know, people obviously have uh, some people on the on the uh, media have a little better memory than I do, but you know, in oh five, oh eight, oh nine, fifteen Democrats actually wanted, you know, we're talking about Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Hillary Clinton, Obama, and I mean, all these guys, you know, had put bills forth to get funding for a wall. Yeah. So yeah. I, I guess you got to ask yourself, and if you're a liberal listening to this program, thank you for listening. <laughs> um, you got to ask yourself, honestly, did something paramountly shift in, in 2008, 2009, yeah. 2005, 2015? And these guys' minds were like, no, we can't do a wall. Yeah. Or did their politics change to suit their ever-changing base? Yeah, I think that's in a nutshell. And at the at the bottom line, guys, just just figure it out. It's five point seven billion. Like you said, we've we've given money away more than that. Just figure right. it out and just shut up and get your job done. I'll go back to it. We during you know Rand Paul's uh, Festivus. Uh, you know, <laughs> tweets of grievance, whatever. I mean, I think two thousand fifteen, we two thousand fourteen. I think we gave. Over a million dollars to the Ketchup Institute. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, there's a million dollars right there for your wall right there. So I mean, <laughs> we yeah we we definitely spend stupid money. Yeah. All right, so we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to George. You say who's George? He's the owner of the Biscuit and Gravy Instagram account, probably the sexiest Instagram account, no doubt, and all of Instagram. And uh, and then we're going to be talking to Sketch, and he's going to uh, tell us about his trip to Haiti. So we've got some good stuff coming up. You'll definitely want to tune in for that. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. So we are back. Um, listen, if you, it, this is what you need to do. Get your phones out right now. If you're driving, still get your phones out. You won't cause a wreck. Well, maybe. Uh, you probably shouldn't do that. But go to Instagram, and you'll want to look at biscuits underscore and underscore gravy. And George uh, is, is our guest, and he has got some amazing pictures of biscuits and gravy. And uh, George, tell us a little bit about this Instagram account and how it started. Oh, um, well, it was something that I wanted to do for a while. My <laughs> wife and I kind of just talked slash joked about it. It wasn't anything that I really was like hankering to do, but I, I really do enjoy the breakfast dish. And I was like, you know what? It's time. And, <laughs> you know, I had taken pictures of my plates of biscuits in the past, but I didn't really think too much about it. And then I think it was Easter last year, in April of last year, I went to a, a restaurant in town here and, and got it because it was the special that day. It was kind of lackluster for the restaurant that it was. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start it. I'm going to start it. Today. <laughs> and so I did. And then it just kind of snowballed. And it's just been a lot of drool-faced emojis. Since then. <laughs> 
So it's basically the the entire Instagram account is just pictures of biscuits and gravy. For the most part, yeah. I mean, it's I I try to have fun with it. I mean, when I started, I wasn't the only one. There are other like biscuits and gravy documenting people out there, and I appreciate them and I love them like my family. But (laughs) um, I was like, you know what? There's more. There should be more. And so. I kind of stray away from just posting the ones that I eat. I, I post like news articles that are about biscuits and gravy or just biscuits. Um, I post texts from my mom because she <laughs> loves this account and she texts me about the biscuits and gravy my stepdad has. And then one thing I noticed when I was going through the hashtag biscuits and gravy is that a lot of people make artwork <laughs> about biscuits and gravy, which is totally bizarre. Right. But they're everything from, you know, carvings and stitchings and even miniature models. Like, people love this dish, and I just was like, you know what? I'm going to highlight it. Yeah. I'm going to highlight this artwork. So I just do whatever I want to do. That's awesome. And so where are you from? Uh, it's, it's not obviously from the South based on your accent. So where where are you mainly <laughs> getting these dishes from? Um. Well... I, I live in Dayton, Ohio, by way of Chicago, Illinois. So I'm okay. not at all a Southerner. But my <laughs> my mom, um, my parents divor- divorced when I was quite young, and my mom married a guy from Georgia who, and they lived in Florida. They've lived there in Florida is. their entire time together. So um, he was kind of the one that when I when he first got it as a breakfast dish, I was like, I don't. I don't know about that. <laughs> you know? And and then I tried it. I was like, this is amazing. So I had it, you know, various times, various places on mm-hmm. and off. And that's when I kind of grew more of an appreciation of it. Awesome. Um, now, I, I did notice on some of your pictures, you've got some that are, aren't traditional biscuits and gravy. Some of these mm-hmm. are, it's got a brown gravy. Some of them's got the traditional sausage, some are milk, but then some of them are just like chorizo gravy, like some, mm-hmm. some off the wall type things. Um, which one do you prefer and why? You know, I, I don't prefer a brown gravy. I mean, mm. just right off the bat, brown yeah. gravy to me is Turkey. Then <laughs> leave, <laughs> leave that to Thanksgiving. Right. But, um, the, Biscuits gravy as a whole, I think, is really flexible. Mm. I think that you're able to experiment and play around and do some more stuff with it just because the two basic ingredients are so basic that there is room for a lot of elevation. Mm -hmm. And so with something like the chorizo one, uh, that was a place here in town as well. I I love it. I mean, it's great. It was on, I think, like a cheddar jalapeno biscuit as well. So, I mean, there's a little bit of play that you can have Mm -hmm. with, with the dish itself. And so I, I really don't have a preference. Um, obviously, again, no brown gravy. But <laughs> I do like the classic, you know, milk gravy with the sausage. But if there's a chorizo, if there's, you know, no spices in the gravy, that's fine as well. I prefer mm. just like a little bit of spices. Um, and, you know, people put like hatch chilies in it and that I'm all for that. You know, it's just about whatever you want. And uh and like andouille sausage, uh, there are gravy flights, which is like a dream come mm-hmm. true for me because I'm always one that wants to like savor more flavors. And so if I can go like, oh, I want this and I want that and I want that, then it's like, yes, <laughs> this is my life. So there's a place, just, there's a place in Asheville that, that does that. You can get a gravy flight 
Yeah. Um, and you can also get like, they have a bacon of the day and the fact Ooh. that there's a bacon of the day just makes me happy. It's, it just changes Ooh. all the time. It's better than the jelly yeah. of the month club. <laughs> that, right. What's that place called in Asheville? With uh, the flight? Cathead biscuits. Cathead biscuits. Yes. I see. I know them because I follow them. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, and then, Oh, I forgot where I was going with that. Um, the, Oh, Oh, uh, my, mom and my stepdad they have a house in Asheville, just outside of Asheville in Mars okay. hill and so when i go down there I, I obviously have to partake in the biscuits and gravy mm-hmm. and that was actually this there was this one spot i don't want to name it you can find it in my instagram account it's the one with the brown gravy but um <laughs> it it had gone through an ownership change and so i remember having the biscuits and gravy there and loved it this was pre-instagram account and then um I went, I think in July or something, and I had it. I was all, I was jazzed. I was like, yes, here we go. I love this place. But it had changed hands. And I was like, they gave oh, me no. the plate, and I was like, what is this? Mm. And it just, you know, the biscuits were there. They were ace, but just, it was just such a letdown. Yeah. No, I understand. We, I think you first, I think, uh, liked one of the, the uh, pictures and po- that I posted about uh, Acme Low Country Biscuits, and I, that's got to be for me the number one biscuits and gravy that I've ever had. In fact, on that plate there was a seafood omelet that had fresh shrimp, fresh crab. I didn't even touch that; like I just went straight for the biscuit and gravy. Like that was where it was at. Yeah. Um, that's got to be my favorite. What is your favorite? My favorite hands down has got to be the loveless cafe just outside of nashville okay in tennessee it is a very very institution type place um i mean i think it's been around since the 1950s um and i mean they just know what they're doing Hmm. and my buddies and i went there um and you sit down before you it seems like before you even hit your seat they have a plate of biscuits Mm. with jelly ready for you i know i was like oh hello that's fantastic (laughs) um but it's the biscuits are nice and they're small they're very very small they're probably Mm. about a like a dollar coin you know Um, like a well not not the new dollar coins the eisenhower eisenhower dollar coins (laughs) that's like Um, a bite size (laughs) exactly you can obviously just shove in your mouth but Man, they are fantastic. And nice. the thing is, there's one thing that really I would when they gave it to me, I was like, I don't know. And that is, they gave it to me with the biscuit in a in like a soup cup. Mm. And I was like, you know, mm. guessing how much you know gravy somebody's gonna like like that. Yeah, like this is the finite amount that you get. It's like I don't know. But then I split all the biscuits and I put it on, and it was like the perfect amount. Wow. Yeah. And so- one thing that is crazy about them is they make. I think 10,000 biscuits every single day. There. They're that and small. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but this place isn't even in Nashville. It's, it's a long, it's like 30 minutes outside. Hmm. So it's people make the trek there and it's like country roads. Wow. I would uh, just ask for a soup bowl full of gravy mm-hmm. and then use the biscuit, the miniature biscuits like oyster crackers. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Personally. Well done, sir. Yes. So what yeah, do we- they, What's okay. the uh, what is the uh, perfect components for a biscuit for you? Because I have my own preference for biscuits. So uh, for a biscuit, yeah, just well, a, what is a biscuit? What is it has to be the best thing about the biscuit to make it a biscuit for you that's worthy of uh, eating? I guess. 
Well, in terms of a biscuit that's going to be smothered in gravy, there has to be some sort of other texture. It can't just be a mush because gravy is mm. mush, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a little bit of a chew, like kind of a, a glutinous chew to it or a crisp, like mm. a nice crispy bottom or a nice yeah. crispy top. And so because those add a little bit of another texture. So that's probably the one thing that makes it, of course, just like loads of butter. Yes. <laughs> Yep, and and lard. That's, yeah. I see. I think that's where Bojangles does a pretty good job for a fast food biscuit. Is mm. they, you know, their their biscuits. If the one here locally, if the old lady there makes them, mm. but she gets them crispy on top with the salted butter, mm-hmm. and the also mm. the bottoms are also crispy too. Yeah. So that 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 is a great component for for a biscuit. Now, what what is your perfect? You know, what are you looking for in a regular just a milk gravy uh, components of that? So one th- my main problem with biscuits and gravy in restaurants is that what the most obviously the most expensive part of it is the sausage. Mm. And so that's the part that they skimp on. Mm. And so that's there has to be a lot of sausage. There has to be sausage in every bite. So that being said, I don't really like the large, heavy chunks of sausage. I like okay. it a little finer. Uh, just so it's more evenly spread out. Mm. Um so that's one thing. Um it can't I've had biscuits they're gravy that's just been too thick you know it's just like yeah. it, it's almost pasty spreadable um, up, yeah it's something and of course it can't be from a mix i that's <laughs> just like or a gloopy bag. and disgusting you can mm. always tell if it's from a mix even if they say it's homemade it's like nah nah it's, <laughs> it's this is mixed um but then the spices i mean i if you want to do salt and pepper that's your, that's fine. Like that's, that's plenty. But I, you know, if you want to play around, I, I like to add like a little bit of sage. Um, and if I don't have that, a little bit of rosemary, just, just mm. something to kind of turn it a little bit into a, just a different taste. So, you know, just flour, sausage, spices, milk, that's it. Not, it go. doesn't have to be too crazy. Sure. And then of course, hot sauce. Whoa. That's, that has to be said. Hot sauce. Hot sauce. Oh, on top, not in the gravy. On top. How about it? I've never tried. I've never tried it with hot sauce. No you never tried it with hot sauce. Mm-mm. See, oh man, I can't. There, there are some plates I, I don't put it on just because they are too good. But then there are plates where I'm like, you know, this needs some. And so whatever they have, uh, I don't really like Tabasco just because that's just so much of a vinegary heat. It mm-hmm. takes away from the the gravy. But I, I, you know, if there's like Frank's or a sriracha, I put that on there. Um, I've heard that people put um, jelly. Do you guys put jelly in your biscuits and gravy? Um, I have like grape jelly. You have, yeah. Now I'll, I had. I'll put it on a sausage and biscuit. Mm-hmm. I'll put gravy on or on interesting. Jelly. Well, yeah, it's the savory and sweet mm-hmm. combo. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I had one guy tell me he was like, "Yeah, sometimes I use grape, sometimes I use strawberry." And I was like, "Well, what? How do you know which one to use?" He was like, "It really depends on the sausage. If there's a lot of sausage." I'll use strawberry. If there's not, I'll use grape. <laughs> now, George, I'm about to blow your mind. Um, All right. But have you had chocolate gravy? I have not. And that is something I've seen. And I'm like, this yeah. is, is it, is it, let me, let me ask you this. Is yeah. it different from just like a chocolate sauce? It is. It, it is like a warm pudding um, that, that you put on your biscuit. It, it be, then now becomes, you transition from the breakfast to the dessert part of breakfast Mm -hmm. and then but it's just a warm thick pudding you're not describing it right (laughs) okay it's like you do you remember when think back to you when you were a little child and you're you're sitting in the bathtub full of warm water your mom 
pops up and you know the the where is this going the water tap and the water's draining out and she gently reaches down there with a warm blanket okay and it embraces you it doesn't just embrace you it embraces right. your soul okay there that's yeah, that's, that's chocolate that's chocolate you're right you're right um my grandma makes it but but it is it's, it, it it has the same uh, uh texture and consistency as regular gravy but it's just chocolate and it's warm and it's on the biscuit, and it's just delicious. We're going to have to ask Grandma if she'll put sausage in the chocolate gravy. Now, now, now let me let me back up on that. Here's where it goes. I go crazy. I get the 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 bacon and put that on the mm. on the chocolate gravy. Oh, okay, yeah. And now, buddy, totally. Now, I I can confess the chocolate gravy from his grandmother. It's legit. Now, keep in mind, she makes the chocolate gravy and then she puts it on your biscuit and then puts a pat of butter on top of mm. that. Then we put oh the goodness. bacon on. Hey, buddy, you you're looking at a straight up heart attack in about ten minutes. <laughs> That's rich. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it's good though. Yeah. It is so good. Yeah, we'll have How to. How frequently uh, do you have this fish then? When I was in college, it was every day. That's why <laughs> oh, I'm oh called Bacon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, it, it was a rarity. We would have it okay. um, probably once a month, if if that. Hmm. Um, but uh, God bless a bear. That's some good stuff. And, and the biscuits are just biscuits. There's nothing special about them. Nothing either. special. Uh, they, okay. They've been touched by the goddess, his grandmother. I mean, I, I will well, say, yeah. I will say, my grandma has has she, she's taking a hit on her biscuits. Mm. They're 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 now really thin mm. and and crispy. So, but so if I put that on a Bojangles biscuit, hey buddy, I'm on. Well, see here in the south, depending upon what region you're from mm. or how impoverished your upbringing was, or and a lot of regions, you know, the impo- more impoverished the region mm. varies in biscuits. You know, that's the reason why uh, when here in the South, we also have drop biscuits, too. Mm. I don't know if you've ever had those. Or, I don't know mm-hmm, sure if you've ever mm-hmm. had those. But uh, yeah. the, obviously the rolled out cut biscuits are the best for, right. you know, yes, for, they are. for biscuit eating. But you have that. You have angel biscuits, which is uh, something out from like Midwest, like mm. Oklahoma. I don't know if you have you heard mm-hmm. this? No. no, no. Yeah, they're 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 more like a yeast roll, oh, but without no. but without the yeasty component. They're just big and fluffy, and they're actually mm. not bad with like a steak. Sure, I can give you a steak, but, but not gravy. But it ain't gonna sop up the gravy. No, because that that biscuit is that vehicle that pulls that that gravy into your. It's mouth a delivery hole. device. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got you. <laughs> now, George, I also saw on the account that you are planning on going to Atlanta to do uh, like a, a little bit yeah. of a biscuit tour. Uh, is there any plans to do like a South, like three week biscuitville, like, oh uh, you know, tour that you what might go on? Bourbon and biscuits and gravy. Oh, tour. sweet Lord. I wish, I wish, <laughs> you know, if somebody wants to pay me for three weeks to do that, sure. that would be great, you know, but yeah, we're going to Atlanta, um, to, to hang out with some friends. Uh, yeah. they, they live in uh, Decatur, I believe. And so, she has something planned. My friend in town there. Nice. I'm not entirely sure what. I, I do know that it's not just going to be biscuits and gravy. It'll be, we're going to the varsity, so that's oh yeah, that's got to happen. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't. I it'll be, it'll be something. I don't know what. I have no idea what. But sure. It'll be something. <laughs> Varsity's good. Been there, done that. Oh yeah. So it's good stuff. Yeah. Um. And then you also recently got invited to the Mid America Restaurant Expo. Yeah, that's so so bizarre. Tell us about that. How that how that happened? I got a message on Instagram from the Ohio Restaurant Association saying, "Do you want to come?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 
Uh, yeah, I do. And so it's this weekend, um, Sunday and Monday, because most restaurants, you know, are closed mm. on Mondays. And I can, I think I can only go Sunday. I don't mm. know if I can swing Monday, but I'm, I'm at least going Sunday. It's a full day thing. They have speakers. They sent me the map of this place, and there are hundreds of booths. I don't know what's going to be in them. They're just wow. numbered. And I, it's like, it's a mix between restaurant technology and just like really good food i've heard that you really shouldn't eat too much before you go because there's just going to be that much food so you're fasting at this point right now (laughs) right i have no idea what to expect i have no idea and i you know if there is biscuits and gravy i will be shocked truly truly shocked Hmm. but if there is i'm gonna highlight the hell out of it (laughs) sure if you're gonna bring biscuits and gravy to a restaurant expo then you you should be put on a pedestal (laughs) That's awesome. Well, George, thanks so much for for coming on the show. We appreciate it. If anybody wants to follow his uh, instant uh, Instagram post, where can they where can they follow you at? Uh, so again, I was not the last. I was not the first person sure. to do this. And there are a lot of pets, a lot of duos named Biscuits and Gravy. So there are a lot more people <laughs> with the Biscuits and Gravy mindset when it comes to Instagram. So unfortunately, this is what I'm left with: is Biscuits underscore 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 um. and underscore 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 gravy okay it's it it sucks a little bit but it's what i got well we'll uh we will follow you um as we are now we'll also put all your information on our show notes so if anybody wants to go check it out please do just click on the link there and we'll uh get you directed right over to them cool thanks guys awesome thanks george George. appreciate it all right so we want to say thanks to george um man i'm telling you what some of those biscuits and gravy on there good great yeah i was just looking at those yeah I'm sure he'll be adding more to his repertoire. How hungry are you on a scale of one to ten right now? Looking at those, about a three. <laughs> really? You ain't hungry at all. For some reason, I'm not hungry huh. right now. I, think, I guess I'm thinking about the show. <laughs> but I'm all sure I will be. Actually, uh, I, I, was, I did think about it during the segment. I was like, "Wonder where's open right now that would mm. have biscuits and gravy." Yeah. Waffle House, Bojangles, McDonald's, and they mm. all suck. Yeah. Bojangles have sausage gravy in the evening. Bojangles has biscuit and gravy all day, every day, I did day, not son. know that. I did all not day, know that. All day, every day. 41 years old, and I just now learned they have biscuit and gravy all day long. How about you? All Man. day, every day. You can get a biscuit and whatever all day. Okay. Beautiful. All right. All right. So um, our next guest is Sketch the J. He's been on the show several times. My friend from Houston, the uh, pastor or the, the producer of the former Dr. Dave and Biggin show. Um, and Sketch recently went to Haiti. And so we wanted to have him on the show to kind of talk about his experiences with that. But one of the things that uh, that really highlighted uh, why I wanted to have him on was just the heart of the training that he went through. So um, Sketch, welcome to the show. Yeah, so um, this was my, not my first mission trip, but certainly my like first kind of real international. I've done a couple in, in Mexico, but it'd been a while. Um, but I, I was really pleased with the way that our church handled it. So uh, mm-hmm. we had probably three or four group meetings, um, like in a couple months beforehand. Um, they connected us with, there's a, an online resource called Right Now Media that a lot of churches use that have a lot of great videos um, that prepare us and, and kind of the topic. And there's a, a book of this um, called Helping Not Hurting, um, short, particularly in short-term missions. So mm-hmm. um, the idea for us was just to kind of educate us to not go down there with this big um, white American savior complex, particularly when you're going to a country um, that looks a lot different than, than a lot of the people that were participating in the, um, 
in the the trip. So a lot mm-hmm. of us were white uh, Americans that live in the Woodlands, Texas, which is a, kind of an affluent suburb um, of Houston. I don't particularly live there, but still by their standards, it was much different than Haiti, which is full of uh, people of African descent, dark skin, live in a, a you know, wide variety of poverty. So just to kind of prepare us to to go in there to particularly work with some of the, the Haitian churches that are kind of sister churches with us and what can we learn from them? And mm. from a poverty perspective, how can we help them? So the idea is is um, not just to give handouts, but figure out the best way to um, help, but also give them dignity. So a good example of that is if we go in there and we just bring our construction crew and we do the whole job ourselves and we leave, that doesn't give the, the Haitian people as much dignity as if we go in there and kind of set up some of the construction, but we, what if we hire some locals? Mm-hmm. And what if we pay them more than their average wage? So then they, the people who are working it get, get you know, obviously financial reward, but also get just the, the story to go back and tell. And years later, when we've packed up and left and come back to Texas, that father can tell his kids, hey, your dad helped build that church or put in that floor, or put in mm-hmm. that roof, um, which gives them a little more dignity than, like I said, just us going in there and throwing some cash around or yeah doing the whole job ourselves. So that was real important to us. And then again, like I said, just what can we learn from, from the church down there? So um, one of the things that I, I learned when we were there, just talking to one of the pastors, he said, you know, in, in America, a lot of times, if you grow your church, things get a little bit easier. You've got a bigger like um, tithing base and people are willing to give and volunteer. He's like, when you're in the mission field, you grow your church, particularly in poverty areas, He's like, you just have that many more needs that you've got to fill. And I, mm-hmm. I really hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah. Um, so that, that was an interesting perspective. But um, like I said, just to kind of prepare our hearts and minds to go in there with the right attitude, figure out ways that we can help not hurt, particularly because we're just there for a short time. We were just there five days. Um, so, yeah. Dude, that, yeah. that's so important because I think time and time again, we get on our high horse, we travel down to wherever we need to go and think, Oh, you need to be like us. And, Mm -hmm. and Oh, how, how bad we feel that you're not like us. And when you said that, when we were talking, talking earlier, that just really did my heart good that other churches are recognizing, how can we make them more dignified? How can we help them in a way that's, that's going to be helpful, like you said, and not hurtful. And yeah. I, I really think that message needs to be proclaimed over and over again when we go into mission work, whether it be in Haiti or it's here, you know, in our backyard. How do we yeah. give those people dignity? How do we give folks uh, the love of Christ without looking down on them? Yeah. And like you said, trying to not just enforce the American culture and style that we like, you know, if, if it's not anti-biblical, mm-hmm. let these people live out the, the gospel in their their culture. So if they've got certain music styles that they like, or if they dress a certain way, I don't need to come in there and enforce that they sing from the hymnal and wear the suit and tie, you know, the same way that that I do. So, um, that, that was, that was a a good part of it. Yeah. Cool. What was one of the cool, the, the, the coolest ways you saw God moving in, in that, that trip for, for you and for the people? Yeah. Um, we, we had kind of three components of our, our stuff. We had a construction team, um, a medical team, and I guess prayer. And we realized that medical, when you bring a medical team in, you get a wide variety of people from the community who maybe aren't attached to the, the church already. So hmm. um, I think we're going to focus on that. But I, 
I started out on construction, but I drifted a little bit towards the prayer and um, that was a really cool thing. So when people came in to see the doctor, they, they waited in line, they saw the doctor, they got a consult and we had translators all along this or, or the doctors were actually Haitian themselves and able to speak to them in their language. But before they got their medications, we had like a prayer station and asked people if they wanted to sit with us and if we could pray. And um, that, that was really moving. And, and it was talking through an interpreter. So um, things may be lost, but I also just prayed that this, you know, the spirit would cover any, any mistakes, but um, there were people there that obviously were in pain, obviously in poverty, but their requests were like, help me to grow stronger with God or mm. uh, bless my family. So that, that was particularly moving. But um, I think in total, we had 20 people that um, throughout the, the week are either our services or these prayer stations had come to know Christ. And one mm. particular story um, in the village of uh, City Hero, um, there was a young girl named Lovely. And I didn't get to participate in this, but I heard from one of our teams. So she was, I think, 17 years old uh, and said she was an orphan. So she'd come through this prayer station. Um, I don't know what caused her to be an orphan, but she was living with an older sister who apparently was not treating her well, didn't allow her to participate in meals or gain work or that sort of thing, some kind of like abuse situation. But um, our team got to talk to her and this girl said that she had been a believer early on in her life, but then kind of got into voodoo, which is uh, a big part of the culture in, mm -hmm. in Haiti. Um, our team talked to her about some decisions that you make early on. So anyway, she came to accept Christ, mm. um, which was a great victory. The next day, our team goes out uh, with a, a pastor translator, finds that girl's sister and, and gets invited into that lady's home, uh, kind of says, hey, you know, we met your sister. What's going on in your, your family? How can we pray for you? Start talking to that sister. The sister gets saved, too. Mm. So um, we came back uh, with great joy in our hearts that yeah. hopefully this family has been impacted and changed and knows a church that, that is in their neighborhood that they can participate in. So um, that that was one of our most impactful stories and one that we're, we're continuing to, to pray for them about and hope that many more of those can, can come through that as well. Very so, cool. Awesome. Yeah. And on a personal note, I guess just for me, it was a, a sense of adventure that I kind of regained. So um, mm. 2018 had some, some big challenges for me. Uh, sure. On a personal level, and it was exciting to go out and do uh, an adventure for God. So, and for me, that practically broke down to like um, me riding on the back of a motorcycle in a third world country, which can be quite harrowing. <laughs> sure. you know, you've been to you've been to India, and I'm sure uh, Brandon, you've probably seen other third world countries how traffic is. But actually, I don't. Um, I don't have to go to a third world country. I can actually just travel the roads of South Carolina. It's, <laughs> oh, okay. It's a little yeah, bit well, better than the third world, but. You, the potholes are about Same the size thing. of a whale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, that was fun. And that was just out of necessity. So the, the truck that we were going to use to get up the mountain had, we had to take a generator and some other equipment and people were riding in the back and they didn't have room. And they said, <laughs> okay, who wants to ride on the back of a moto? And I raised my hand like, I'll do that. <laughs> um, so and one of the things going into this mission trip too, that we were encouraged is like, say yes, say yes mm -hmm. to opportunities, look for opportunities. So I took advantage of that. And then we were up that mountain and they that we another mission team had helped them pipe in some water from a fresh spring up the mountain and it had been relocated or had some issues and they were like who wants to go on a hike up the mountain and i rose my hand i was like i'll do that so, <laughs> and, and that led to me just seeing some really fantastic and beautiful parts of the country there's a lot of cap haitian the northern part of haiti where we're at that are very ugly um, just because of the situation they're in but i saw some very green lush mountains and mm. uh, beautiful air and just stuff that i wouldn't have had so for me it was kind of 
regaining a bit of sense of adventure. And, and I think that's probably going to be one of my words for the year. Um, if you're kind of into the motivational stuff or just things that, that God gives you to focus on. Mm-hmm. So adventure is one. And I think I got a little bit of that here, which was, I was really grateful for. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, just want to say thank you for sporting the SFP hat. I saw the picture oh, yeah. of that. Yes. Yeah. I did wear that all around. So I thought it was a, a, a cool looking hat, uh, a lightweight, um, uh, technically cool hat because it was a mesh in the back. But um, I, I tried to introduce the Haitians to biscuits. I don't know that my Creole <laughs> translated that well, so I didn't really get to experience that, but I, I did my best. So, That's awesome. I'm sure yeah. they, they may not have biscuits, but I'm sure they have their form of gravy. Oh, yes. Yeah. Everybody's got gravy. That's, That's right. Sure. <laughs> awesome, yeah. man. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on. Anything else you wanted to, to share? No, I think we had talked before a little bit, too, just about um, kind of the white savior complex. Oh, there yeah, was yeah. a conversation that I had with a pastor down there. Again, I noticed, obviously, a stark contrast between a lot of the people in my group, which were mostly Caucasian. We had a, a mix, but obviously the very dark-skinned um, folks that descend from Africa. And I, I questioned him. I was like, what do the Haitian people believe about, at least in, in this pastor's experience, mm. what do they believe about what Jesus looks like? Mm. Um, because um, in America, we've, we've had this conversation, too, like about the white Jesus and is Christianity the white man's religion? And so in a country that um, is very much uh, a darker complexion, how do they view God? And this pastor told me his experience. So this pastor uh, runs our mission house. He's an American, but he's married to a Haitian. He speaks Creole. He said he believed most of them probably did view Jesus as white. And some of that is from just the the French um, influence uh, that used to own and, and run Haiti. Um, so there's a lot of that still still around. And he said that he thinks that some of it is part of an inferiority complex. So um, mm. Haiti is a country that that rose out of slavery and uh, were um, ruled by by white people, Caucasian people for a long time. So there's still some of that um, sin and and frustration and self. Um, I don't know. Self-hate is, yeah. is the right word, but just some inferiority complex that. Sure. Um, I hope it's better. Not that I believe that Jesus is necessarily, you know, black or, or white or whatever, but um, that's one thing that I've encountered just in some of my hip hop stuff in the States and was curious to how it, how, you know, translated over there. So that was something interesting that I I learned and um, pray that they can maybe overcome. So, yeah. I mean, clearly he's blonde hair, blue eyed based on all the pictures I've seen in church. So, right. But why why do we work? That's an interesting question. Why do we worship the image? Yeah. Because when you pray, I mean, when I pray to Jesus, I mean, you know, there's the old Talladega Knights, you know, (laughs) you know, I picture Jesus, you know, wearing a a tuxedo shirt and looks like the drummer from Foghat or whatever. (laughs) But I mean, I mean, when I pray to God, pray to Jesus, I, I, I don't sit there and pray to an image. Maybe we should just take all the images down. I mean, why? Why? I mean, why do we need that? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's an interesting point, and, and you hear um, even is it? It's the Muslim faith, I believe. I understand that Muhammad even yeah. forbids forbids depiction of of God. And there's part of me that says, you know, that's kind of smart, like yeah. to see him as a as a uh, su- you know superior being, but not necessarily um, what I look like. I know we were created in his image, but I don't know if that means that I physically look the same. I think you can be created in the image and, and other attributes and stuff. But yeah, but I try not think, to focus on uh, facial features, you right. know, and that sort of thing. But I think, you know, the book, The Shack, tried to break that. 
you know, we, yeah. or the movie also tried to break that stigma of God is this one certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think God God has a, has appeared through mankind many numerous times where, and it may not be the image of a, an old old uh, white man with a white beard. You know, I, yeah. I I know we like to focus on that, and then right now I know that's culturally as like what we like to focus on, uh, but. I just don't see the necessity when I pray, when I close my eyes and pray, I don't see an image of, uh, of, of Jesus looking up to the stars with a, with a halo around his head. I, right. I don't, I mean, that, that that's the furthest thing from my mind. So, but you know, I, I think you're right. I think, you know, Islam is probably the only religion that doesn't have a, a, a quote unquote graven image of God or, you know, of course they don't, it's illegal to draw, to draw the prophet Muhammad, uh, in mm-hmm. Islam, but you know, you look at major cultures; they all have. Some, I mean, look at India; yeah. all their graven images. Yeah, uh, you know, they all Taun, have some. Yeah, Gadesh. Yeah. I mean, the, in Egypt, they depict them on the walls of the pyramids. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things where every culture has some image of a of their god. Well, if we can create it, we can control it, right? So I yeah. think that that's you know part of it. Well, creating the image probably you're allowed. You the the people who depict those images probably can you know, leash some type of control mm-hmm. onto people. I mean, yeah. it, think of a, a Christian church, a Christian schoolhouse, you know, do the kids obey better if there's an image of Jesus Christ in the room or, the, or even if just, you take it out, there's not, I yeah. mean, uh, it's probably an interesting experiment in psychology there, but mm. I just, maybe, maybe we, maybe that should, that should be our motivation to get rid of the image of Jesus because we <laughs> don't know what Christ really, truly really looked like. I picture him more as Saeed from Lost. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was a buff dude. It's probably more accurate. Yeah, 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 yeah so. definitely. But at the end yeah. of the day, guess what? It don't matter. It don't matter. It yeah. don't matter at all. Yeah. So and to be clear, I wasn't trying to advocate. Oh no, no, for, no, no, no. The yeah. other, I, I would hate for basically my what was driving my question is I was hate for anybody's personal depiction to prevent them from coming to Christ. Oh, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree and, with and, you. And, and I, some of that is historical. Like I said, they're they're uh, coming out of a, a slave nation, and I'm sure. There's like we were talking about. There's power in making God to look like you. So mm-hmm. if I'm the French and I want to stay in power, I'd like to make God look a little bit more like me than yeah. probably the, the French that's God, my yeah. slave. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I just finished reading a book. And this segues. I'm sorry. We can cut this out if we have yeah. to. But I just finished reading a book called The Emancipation of Robert uh, Sadler. He's a, a a guy that was born in my hometown and was emancipated out of slavery in 1913. Whoa. Oh, wow. Fifty years yeah. after the Civil War, he was a man paid out of slavery. He was born into it. Wow. Okay, but so, but he grew. He, you know, just in his through his perspective and his eyes growing up and his master going to church on Sundays, mm. worshiping this God that looked like him. I could not imagine the African. Or African community saying, "You know what? I'm going to worship that same God." Mm-hmm. I would be yeah. so pissed yeah. <laughs> about right. my situation you know it's, so it's amazing that even the Af- african populace here or the black populace here even has some type of faith community mm-hmm. just because i mean wow singing through their sorrow to to a god that doesn't look like them that, that yeah. think of that, about that impossible barrier that's huge well i think that they well, I, I was just saying like i think that they had to have faith uh, to deal with some of the the crap that they were dealing with, you know, they had to have some type of belief system and, and just going to Charleston and, and singing and hearing them sing about the, the spirituals, that that's what gave them hope. It also was like a, 
uh, a code, you know, oh, yeah, of, yeah. Of, like yeah. how to get people here and there, uh, underground railroad and whatnot. But I mean, yeah. that was their faith, and that's what gave them strength to to be able to to tolerate some mm-hmm. of the stuff that they did. So, you know, I, I, that was it, I understand what you're saying. Like it would push you away, but I think that was also something that they could cling to. Yeah, maybe that, so. Yeah. Um, that they could they could have some hope. Yeah. And really, at the end of the day, there was hope there. Right. So. Yeah. Good point. I'm glad you made it. Thank you. <laughs> Sketch anything else for us, bud? No, that's it. I, I hope to go back to Haiti and hope other people uh, step out on faith and, and take a trip. Um, it'll do your soul good. So Yeah. So we encourage you, go on mission trip. Don't go in there acting like you're going to save everybody with like your white white power and your like <laughs> American, you know, jeans. <laughs> hey, next, yeah. time, next time you're there, please say uh, hello to Wyclef. Oh, oh yes, yeah. He, he was running for president there at one time. Yeah, I believe, yeah. So. I think they they had to, something about taxes or <laughs> citizenship or something. I can't remember what it was now, but it, that would have been yeah. awesome, mm. an awesome president there. There you go. It, yeah, he probably brought the Fujis there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, go with the right attitude and a uh, Southern Pride philosophy hat or shirt. <laughs> Ooh. There you go, and sp- and spread the gospel of biscuits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks so much for Thanks, your, for calling. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right. So uh, that's our episode of Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, we'd like for you to go to our website at southernfriedphilosophy.com. You can also go to our Facebooks at Southern Fried Philosophy, our Twitters and Instagram at SFP Radio. Also, our YouTube link at youtube.com forward slash SFP Radio. Please go to Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spotify, and soon to be Pandora. Ooh. Yeah, I just, I just read that on the email. We can now Ooh. upload to Pandora. So you can find us there. Make sure you give us a review, like, subscribe. And as always, keep looking up.